You're listening to the LifeWay Kids Podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, we want to let you know about our exciting new event that's coming this October. We're taking everything that you know and love about KMC, our kids' ministry conference, and we're expanding it to become Etch Family Ministry Conference. Etch stands for Equipping the Church and Home. We're planning a wide range of breakout sessions for you and your team members, featuring age-specific training for preschool, kids, preteen, and students, as well as combined sessions that are designed to help you get your whole team on the same page. It's going to be a great event, and we'd love for you and your whole team to be there. We're also lining up some incredible Nashville music to help you experience the sounds of our hometown right here in Nashville. Act fast as rates will increase on August 31st. Visit etchconference.com to get more details. That's E-T-C-H conference.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the LifeWay Kids Podcast. I'm Chuck Peters. I am one of the directors at LifeWay Kids, and I am here at KMC, the Kids Ministry Conference 2015 at the Music City Center in Nashville. And we have a great gathering of children's ministry uh, workers and leaders, as well as thought leaders in kids' ministry. And I have the great privilege to sit down uh, today with Dr. Shelly Malia. She has served for over 20 years as a children's minister in Oklahoma, Florida, and Texas. She's also a licensed professional counselor who specializes in trauma and loss. And upon completion of her PhD, she joined the full-time faculty at Dallas Baptist University, where she serves as the director of the Masters of Arts in Children's Ministry program. Shelly, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. We are uh, excited to have you at KMC and so appreciate the, the knowledge that you have and the expertise that you bring and your willingness to share that with those in ministry. And Absolutely. So we um, uh, just find it a, uh, it's a great opportunity uh, for us to hear uh, a unique perspective and in, in your, your insights. Uh, and, and today we're talking specifically about helping families in crisis right. and kids who are, who are in crisis uh, situations. Can you help uh, identify what some of those situations might be? When we talk about a family or child in crisis, Sure. Um, what are some examples and what might that look like when a child comes through our program? As a children's minister, um, you're going to face a lot of different crises with families. Um, anything from uh, divorce, that is a crisis for a family, it's a crisis for a child, to uh, maybe a natural disaster, um, tornadoes, hurricanes, those types of things. Um, and then you're also going to have death. You're going to have children in your ministry who experience death through death of a parent, a relative, a pet, all of those types of things. And so a crisis is really anything that is beyond the norm that overwhelms a child or their family in their emotional state and that they have to learn how to walk through and deal with. Hmm. And so how well equipped is the average children's ministry worker to address some of those concerns? Well, I hope that they're pretty well equipped. I know that um, all of us uh, tend to study those types of things. And I think that until we actually um, have a child or a family in ministry go through it, um, it doesn't all completely make sense um, and doesn't all um, flesh out until we've actually uh, walked a family through that. Um, but I think all of us have what, one of the things that we need, and that is a heart for kids. And when you love kids and you have relationships for them, that's the biggest thing you can give them during a time of crisis is just to be present and to be aware and to meet their needs. And so um, I know that all the children's ministers here at the conference, they are hungry to know how to best minister to kids in crisis. 
why is it important? I, th- I think there may be a bit of a human nature mm-hmm. that we don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when mm-hmm. someone is having uh, a, going through difficulty right. or grief or struggling, some of us, just by our personality, uh-huh. may tend to pull away or, or we don't know what to say and so it right. becomes awkward. Right. Why is it important for the kids' minister to move closer in those situations? That's a great question. And that's a great um, something that we all need to understand and know is that um, we really don't have to say anything. Mm. Um, Just being present, being in that moment with the family Mm. is going to communicate far more than any words that we say. Um, I love the story of Job because Mm. whenever Job went through all that he went through, the Bible talks about how his three friends came and sat with him and sat in the ashes of his loss, and they didn't say a word for seven days. And so I think that we think we have to have an answer, and if we don't have an answer, we try to make up an answer, and all of those things tend to not be helpful. But our presence, our touch, our love, our care, our concern, that's what speaks louder than any words that we could say. Mm. So you, you mentioned practicing presence. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like? And so do we need to, how, when is it appropriate to give space and when is it appropriate to, to move closer? Is it based on time or relationship? What's, what's appropriate as a, when we learn of a new situation that a family is being confronted with, mm-hmm. how do we respond in the short term and the long term? I think every family is going to be a little bit different, and, and certainly you're going to have different relationships with different kids in your ministry. But for the most part, I think we need to show up immediately and soon for families, and we need to, to be there as quick as we can. And part of our role really is to help activate the resources that they have to cope with this crisis, which could be a Sunday school teacher that has a close relationship with them, um, could be providing meals, could be taking the kids to do something fun. You, you don't realize it, but... Uh, kids in the midst of crisis still need to be able to be kids and so sometimes they need a release from being in the midst of all of the adults in their life who are upset and so we can take them places Um, but just your presence and your love and your your prayers um, I think communicate a lot I know that um, I I've experienced loss in my family my husband died um, 10 years ago and I don't remember what anybody said to me but I remember who was there you know and I know that my kids they look back on that and they remember all the things that people did for us. They mowed our lawn, and they did our laundry, and they brought us food, and they put up our Christmas lights the first year. And, and we remember all the things that people did, but we don't remember really anything that they said. But we knew that we were loved and that we were cared for. And I think, I think that's the encouraging thing because all of us can do things like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have the right words to say. We just have to do what comes naturally out of the overflow of our heart. Mm-hmm. So when we're dealing with... Uh, you mentioned several examples of different mm-hmm. crises that people may be faced with, uh, natural disasters, mm-hmm. and some of those things affect an entire community. Exactly. And as a whole church, we can go and do that. And others are much more personal, mm-hmm. uh, in where if there's a death of a parent or, or someone close in the family or a child, right. uh, a sibling, um, that's very, a very different type of grief, I would think, mm-hmm. that, uh, mm-hmm. that that child and family are processing through. Right. So I know grief is one of those things that you uh, have many thoughts on. So can you share some uh, advice for us on, on how to help that child or family work through their grief? Sure, absolutely. First of all, we've kind of touched on it already, but that is just to stay in the present mm-hmm. and to meet those immediate, immediate needs that kids mm-hmm. have. Um, the, the thing about kids is that they are very nearsighted in their grief, meaning um, if you're nearsighted physically, that means that you can see things in front of you, but you can't see things far away. Yes. Same thing with kids in grief. 
they can see what's right in front of them. They can see that mom or dad or whoever is upset. They can see that things are different. But they're not able to take on the whole burden of the overwhelming sense of grief that, for instance, I might take on as a parent to think, oh my goodness, who's going to walk my daughter down the aisle or who's going to be at their graduation? Um, kids aren't thinking about that. Mm. They're just thinking about when they're going to get their next meal or um, the very, very things that are in their near future. And so we have to stay in the present so that we're not so focused on the future. We've got to meet their immediate immediate needs, like I said, maintain structure and routine. Um, those kids need to be in a routine as quickly as possible once that crisis um, subsides just a little bit. Um, routine is actually comforting mm. to kids. Um, we, we need to expect uh, age-appropriate responses and behaviors. Kids are not going to grieve just like adults. They're going to grieve in little bits and pieces. So they may have a sad moment, and five minutes later they're ready to go swim or they're ready to go ride their bike. And to an adult that looks kind of weird because we're consumed with our yes. grief when we're in crisis. Yes. The kids, they take a little bit of it, they take a little bite of it, they chew on it, and then they move on to something else. And then you know, a few years later sometimes... They, they are able to understand something that they couldn't understand as a child. And so one of the big things to understand is that grief is a long-term process yes. for kids. Um, they are going to grieve the rest of their life because they are going to continue to understand what it is that they lost the rest of their life. And so, and, and so then no, with that in mind, what are, what are some things that we need to be mindful of as we minister to those kids? Because I think as adults, you know, we, mm -hmm. we think we need to be there in the moment. Right. We're at the hospital. We take care of the kids for that. You know, we make a few casseroles. Mm -hmm. And a, a week or two later, we've moved on to right. the rest of our own lives. Uh -huh. And it can be very easy to, to leave that family. And, sure. uh, you know, in a, not, not just leave them, but kind of leave them alone in their grief mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. that may be too soon. Sure. Um, I think that um, one of the things that you can do is be patient um, with kids. I think that we tend to think there's something wrong with them if, for instance, 10 years later they have a meltdown about losing their father or something like that. We tend to think, well, they must not have grieved it or they must be slower or there must be a problem. They must not be trusting God, all of those types of things. But in reality, that's very, very normal. That's the way it should happen. And so um, remembering anniversaries, remembering mm -hmm. birthdays. Um, kids, most kids actually want you to remember whoever it is that they have lost because mm -hmm. that makes that person real again. And it allows them to, to understand the meaning that that person had in their life. And so, um, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, we had remodeled our house and we were looking for pictures to put up. And this is 10 years post my husband's death. My daughter was four, uh, four and um, she's now 14. And um, she, I found her in my bedroom crying because she was looking at pictures. And she came across pictures of her daddy and her. And so um, while I may have done most of my grieving, she hasn't. And so we had to take kind of a time out, sit down, and to look at those pictures and to remember and to pray and to thank God for him. And so... Uh, all along the way, um, we have to be respectful of how they're dealing with it. So. And allow them the time that they need to truly yes. grieve. And yes. that may not be a matter of days or weeks. No. It, it could be Literally years. Literally years, right, definitely. And to not see that as bad, to see that as just part of the normal process um, that kids go through oxygen mask on, whether that be through getting support, uh, through pastoral visits, through counseling, through whatever whatever they need. 
Um, it's not a selfish thing. It's really making sure that they are healthy and that they're able to help their child because they will be there for the long term. As a children's minister, we're going to get to pop in and out of their life, but those parents are the ones who are really going to help them walk through that journey that's a marathon and not a sprint. Well, grief is one of those things that none of us really like yeah. to think about, mm-hmm. but in reality, we know eventually we're all going to Absolutely, hundred percent right? chance you're going to deal with it. Yes, yeah, so it's really just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for these you're insights welcome. and how we can be prepared. If we have listeners who are dealing with something right now, mm-hmm. or who are looking for uh, maybe some more personal advice on how to deal with a specific situation, is there a way that they could get in touch with you? Sure, um, you can reach me through my email address. Uh, it's real easy. It's Shelly S H E L L Y at D B U, like Dallas Baptist University. .edu, and I would be happy to interface with you through email and, and help in whatever way I can. Thank you, Shelley. Uh, Dr. Shelley Melia, uh, and thank you so much for uh, your insights on how we can cope and, or help kids as they cope with crisis. And listener, thank you for listening and joining us here for the LifeWay Kids podcast. Again, I'm Chuck Peters, and as always, we as a team at LifeWay Kids are praying that God will use you in ways that are bigger than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of Christ. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the LifeWay Kids podcast. Don't forget to visit etchconference.com to learn more about our exciting new family ministry conference that's happening here in Nashville, October 3rd through 5th. The rates will go up on August 31st, so be sure to register as quickly as possible to lock in the lowest rate. Once again, information is available at etchconference.com, E-T-C-H conference.com. We look forward to seeing you here in Nashville for Etch.